golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. Turn on the Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G., Along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B, back in the house. And it's Ryder Cup week, Rich B. It is here. Take that hat off right now. That's just ugly. It's hideous. It's right out of the 90s. Terrible hat. This is my lucky hat from Brookline, Rich B. Oh, boy. I'm trying to get some mojo for the American team here. so long ago. Even I was there. And Sherry was there. My girl, Sherry. And so was Keegan Bradley. He was talking about it today. Awesome. You know what? And it was uh, a lot of fun. And they still show the replays. And if you're watching any of Golf Channel this week, you know, you got to, you, you know, you, I know you just want to choke Brandel Chambly. Shut up, Brandel. Shut up. He's just, you know, I mean, all the cooking they're doing on this, uh, you know, Ryder Cup, everyone, the prognosticators, and we will be prognosticating tonight. Let's get it on, okay? The schedule. When is it? 2.30, Friday morning. Works for me. <laughs> you going to be up 2.30 Friday morning? I'm going to be watching. Nothing better. 2.30 a.m. Okay, so just don't even bother going to bed uh, Thursday night. Friday morning, they'll be playing. They'll be playing the four ball matches to start with. Oh, boy. I which is wait. the best ball, as we know, or better ball, followed by the four sums, which is alternate shot. Yes, correct. And... Um, it's sounding like the U.S. team needs to go out and win them big. You know the uh, uh, you know it's just the the momentum. You you have to keep up the momentum for three days. You know uh, you were at Medina. You were the cause of the collapse, the meltdown. Negative. Don't lay that on me. <laughs> Holly the cooler. They call. I it. think it was interesting <laughs> though because Keegan even mentioned today that. Um, you know, he was really watching his energy this time around that uh, I think he got a little, you know, I think he got a little tired on Sunday um, at Medina. And so, you know, you, those are learning experiences. And I'm certain that Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed are getting a, a lot of input from. You know, there's a lot of talk that goes with that. Phil. And don't give me that. Give Get your feet wet for a minute. No. Get your feet burnt right off if you're not paying attention and ready to go. This is uh, the real deal. It's showtime. You know, you get on the first tee. Oh, boy. The <clears throat> game is on Friday morning. You know, a first tee that is so exciting, and it's just raging. Well, our coverage tonight of the Ryder Cup is brought to you by Fields BMW in Winter Park, celebrating their 25th anniversary BMW is the official partner of the 2014 Ryder Cup, so uh, stop by Fields and and check out check out the new rides for 2015. 
Awesome. Beautiful stuff. You're driving one, aren't you? I am. I love my X1. <laughs> a new little hybrid they came out with. It's fast, Rich B. But let's not waste any more time because we want to go to one of our main golf insiders who covers global golf better than anyone on the planet, Brian Hewitt from Global Golf Post. Hey, Brian. Holly, Rich, how you all doing? Good. Great. Nothing better than the Ryder Cup, Brian. I know you were at Medina. Uh, it was a disappointing loss by the American team. But I think I think they're behind it. I don't know about this underdog thing. I think the American team on paper looks super strong, and I, I think it's going to be an unbelievable weekend. Well, I, I was at Medina, and that was one of the five Ryder Cups that I've covered live. And, and I, you know, the thing about the Ryder Cup is you can't, you can't lose if you're there. There's nothing cooler than that, and if you're not, there's nothing. There's nothing better, in, in my opinion, in golf than on TV than the Ryder Cup, and that includes the Masters is a close second. But the Ryder Cup on TV, you can't take your eyes off of it. Um, it just there's always something going on, and uh, which is which is why I think uh, today I call this the toughest Wednesday in golf because. Usually when it's a major championship and by the time we get to Wednesday, we're like, okay, let's get the thing going. And it starts on a Thursday. Uh, the Ryder Cup doesn't start till Friday. So, so we're still two days away. And, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to see uh, golf balls in the air. Yeah, there's certainly been uh, a lot of, uh, lot of sideline psychology going on, Brian, um, you know, yes. from between the captains and, you know, with the pairings. Uh, what what have you taken away from some of the press conferences? Phil finally today uh, started dissing out a little trash talk, which was fun to hear because you know I think they've got to start getting getting that team team energy going. Well, you know the tabloids in in London, uh, or I should say, all over the UK, had to have a great time with with Phil's comments about uh, um, about Rory and and uh, and. Uh, and Graham McDowell, and, and the fact that that uh, that their lawyers are at odds, uh, and uh, that was that was some good grist for the mill. I was listening to Tom Watson. I don't know about you guys, but I think Tom has pretty much run out of things to say, uh, and uh, his his he was pretty much rambling, uh, and uh, and he was a little testy, uh, and and you know part of that's understandable. He's he's been the point man now for two years. Um, he's dying to get his horses out onto the racetrack, and. Uh, and uh, he's he's uh, there's no question that he can be asked that he hasn't answered probably five times before. So uh, I, I guess it's understandable. Although I would say Paul McGinley seems to be handling it, handling it a little bit better. He's he's uh, he seems to be a little more uh, uh, natural at, at this sort of thing. And you remember with Tom Watson, he has been a captain before, but back when he was a captain last, there wasn't this sort of media scrutiny that there is today, and there wasn't Twitter and all the other social media and stuff. And um, uh, I think Tom's just uh, uh, is, is is a little itchy right now. Well, and uh, you know this whole the whole captain thing has become really you know an art form. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. you know McGinley's got five vice captains, yeah. and you know back in the day, just even ten years ago, Brian, I think uh, Hal Sutton up at uh, Oakland Hills had one vice captain so it's this has really become a whole part of the you know the whole event 
Yeah, it's almost like looking for smoke signals coming from the Vatican, uh, you know, or back at, back in the days of the Cold War where you had uh, you had uh, guys who were called Kremlinologists who, who were trying to determine every little thing that the Russians were doing and what it meant and, and bringing that back to the Ryder Cup. There's, you know, you look at the pairings. Who are they putting out in the pairings? Does that mean they're going to play together? And uh, just just uh, any any little shred uh, is uh, uh, and and it's it's fun. I mean, I, I I'm sort of knocking it, but at the same time, it's 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 kind of fun. And again, it comes back to there's no other event like this. Um, uh, the Masters is a different thing. It's a it's a different kind of buildup. This is this team thing and this and the dynamics of who's going to play with who and how the rookies are going to do. Uh, I, I tell you a quick story. You guys were talking about, Rich, you were saying about getting your feet burned early. Um, Davis Love tells a great story about the first Ryder Cup that he played in. Uh, and uh, the way the pairings came out, he was playing, uh, uh, they used to play the foursomes in the morning, not not, not in the afternoon. And anyhow, uh, Davis Love and Tom Kite were, were going to be out first for the Americans against Ballesteros and Olathebal. Uh And uh, they had worked it out that uh, – that Davis would tee off on the uh, on the odd holes, and that Kite uh, would tee off on the even holes. And when he, when they got to the first tee, first match, first day, Friday, uh, when Davis Love realized that he was going to hit the first ball of the entire Ryder Cup, um, he went over to and Davis tells the story. He went over to Tom Kite and he said, "You know, I think I think we really have to shift the order here. I think you need to tee off on the first hole." And Kite looked at him and he said, "No, no, no. We've already worked this all out." You, you're, you're fine. Go ahead. You, 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 uh, you tee off. And, and Davis said, uh, he said, Tom, I, my hands are shaking so bad. I don't think I can get my golf ball on the tee. Uh, and, and, uh, and Kite eventually talked him off the, off the ledge on that. And the, and there was a happy ending to that story because Kite and, uh, and the rookie Davis love actually beat Dallas Saros, uh, and, uh, and the loss of ball. And that was, uh, something that didn't happen very often back in the day. And and it's so true because there's there's so much that goes into the strategy when you're paired, you know, uh you have to play a different ball or be, you know, used to your get used to your partner's ball. You have to they have to figure out who's going to do the approach shots, the putting, the driving. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. There is. And and uh one of the things that's a little bit overlooked, I think is uh the um you know, everybody's talking about who's on form and who's not on form. I, I posted on our on our Global Golf Post Now a blog on the Monday. Uh, I, I, I did a short blog making the case for the Yanks is what I called it, and I went down to uh, every every player on the European side, even though they're almost two to one favorites in the in the betting shops. You can make a case for every single player on the on the European side as to why they might not play well. This week, and, uh, and 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 frankly, in, in my opinion, uh, and I'm interested in what you guys think. I think if out of the 24 players, uh, there's only about five guys combined. On, if you take both teams that are actually really fully in form right now, um, the, the rest of the guys are are, are going to have to find it uh, this week, and and we know that happens. Um, I certainly expect Ian Poulter to be able to find it. Uh, he's the first guy that, even though he's had a subpar year, he's the first guy that jumps to my mind. Um, but it's again, this is all part of the fascinating rubric of the uh, of the analysis. All right, hey, uh, now I know all you guys over there at Global Golf Poster, diehard uh, USA fans. Have you shaved a little USA into the side of your head? 
<laughs> so, go, going. Ricky. Go, Ricky. I, I haven't got I, – I, Rich, I haven't got enough hair. Uh, to, to, uh, <laughs> but somebody tweeted that uh, if Bubba Watson had, had done what Ricky Fowler did, he probably would have misspelled USA, um, and he would have blamed the barber for misspelling USA. Um, hey, we can get a Sharpie and felt tip some uh, stuff on the side of your <laughs> Well, I tell you, and, and, and then uh, 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 Mr. Bishop, uh, president of the PGA, oh, yeah. nice. bar- barely had enough hair. And that white hair, I, I think maybe they had to dye his USA. Well, uh, as long as you mention Ted Bishop, uh, and he's he's been a, a, a bit of a target. I've been poking fun at him now for, for a couple of years. I, I know he's a hardworking guy, and he... And he and he's he's an American, so this week you know we're all we're all on this, this this thing together. But there's a guy who does who really likes the sound of his own voice. Um, he's never he's never met a microphone that he didn't want to uh, <laughs> that he didn't want to commandeer. And uh, I uh, he he's going to be the fall guy uh, if the Americans lose. Uh, I I think I really do believe that it's not going to go to Watson. It's going to go to it's going to be on Bishop for being the one who thought that Watson was the right guy to, to bring back an old timer. And uh, so, so I think uh, there's a, there's, there's more than usual at stake this week for the president of the PGA of America uh, because of, of, of who Ted Bishop sort of is. Well, I can't think of a grittier guy than Tom Watson, 60 or not. Uh, I think these guys will be, you know, playing, playing for that win, playing harder than ever for a guy like Tom Watson. Well, he's not going to be scared. He's not going to back down. He won't be intimidated. Uh, he, he's he's uh, and and the players the players all know that, and that and that does count for something. Uh, uh, on the other hand, McGinley is is much more of an analytical, you know, the, the devil is in the details kind of guy. And at the same time, McGinley's a likable guy, and and that's you know, look, we're we're supposed to be impartial, right? We're journalists, uh, and we're supposed to root for the story. This is the one event where I throw that out the window. I'm rooting for the Americans. Uh, and, 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 but having said that, there's some good guys on the Europe. I mean, Graham McDowell's a good guy. Rory's a good guy. Uh, there, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with Jamie Donaldson. There, 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 there's some, there's some, there's some good fellows over there. Whereas in the past, there were guys that you, that were a lot easier to root against, um, uh, on that side of, you know, a Faldo or a Montgomery, uh, guys that were targets, uh, even even Sergio, and you guys can disagree with me if you want. I think Sergio's kind of mellowed a little bit, uh, and he's not the sort of the the, the little the media painted him uh, once upon a time as this little Ryder Cup brat, and uh, you know now he's the number three ranked player in the world, and he and he's uh, he seems to be he seems to have grown up a little bit. Well, we certainly know a lot more about the European team, that's for sure, and my my new heartthrob is Victor Duby. I'm going to call him Victor Dubisson. <laughs> It's going to be interesting doobie, doobie, to doobie doobie doo, as uh, Frank Sinatra would say. Do doobly song. He is. He is. There's two guys. Holly. Uh, there, there. There are two X factors, um, in my opinion. Uh, one on each team, and and he's uh, he's he's the X factor for the Europeans. And uh, we know if he gets his short game going, that he he's magic. Um, and the, the the X factor guy on the U.S. side is Patrick Reed. And I I, I really believe that that uh, that if that somebody like Patrick Reed, and there really isn't anybody else quite like Patrick Reed, but somebody like Patrick Reed is is going to have to have a special week, um, and uh, uh, for the Americans to to sort of have a rallying cry that they didn't think they were going to have, uh, sort of the way Keegan Bradley was at Medina. Keegan Bradley was he won't be a surprise this time, but he was uh, 
his energy, his 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 rookie Ryder Cup energy and quality of his play was. Uh, did everything but win the cup for us in, in the diamond two years ago. Well, it's going to be an unbelievable weekend for golf. And as uh, Tony Jacklin once said, they've got to play and you've got to pray. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun. Brian Hewitt, thank you so much. Global Golf Post, check out their uh, blogs and their postings every day this week. Special Ryder Cup coverage. Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks, you guys. Have a good good Ryder Cup. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game. Stay with us. We've got Bob Herrig live from Scotland coming up next. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Rich B. I can't believe it's the end of September, Rich. We're talking Ryder Cup. This is it for the 2014 season, even though the wraparound season's right around the corner. Hey, we've got golf to play around here, that's for sure. Bring your waiters. Uh, stay on the card paths. CPO, card path only. Played Lake Buena Vista today with Jake and uh, Drake and Eric. And uh, beautiful golf, beautiful old golf course still there, looking good, loved it, had a great time. And it was just sopping wet. Thank God they've got cart paths all the way around. Otherwise, it would have been really soupy. It has been a little wet. Tonight's uh, Ryder Cup coverage, sponsored by Fields BMW in Winter Park, celebrating their 25th anniversary BMW is the official partner of the 2014 Ryder Cup. Stop by Fields and check out all their new models for 2015. Rich B., I had a chance earlier to talk to our main man, Bob Herrig from ESPN.com from the Media Center over at Glen Eagles, and we're going to listen to his comments right now. From across the pond, we go straight to our main man, Bob Herrig of ESPN.com over at Glen Eagles, and uh, just a couple of days away from the start of the 2015 Ryder Cup. Hey, Bob. How are you? Awesome. Uh, Team USA seeking redemption after the meltdown at Medina. Curious, what's the atmosphere like over there, and how is team handling the memories of that loss, and what do you think is going to be the key to winning back the Cup? Well, the atmosphere is really good. I mean, for... You know, two days before, uh, you know, tons of people out here and uh, just a, a really, you know, neat vibe that you get. And as it gets a little bit closer, it's been a little bit more exciting. Uh, you know, t- things livened up a lot today. You had you had some, some good comments from Rory, from Phil Mickelson, from Keegan Bradley. Uh, the redemption angle is one that Tom Watson has talked about. Uh, but you haven't seen the players talk a lot about it. So uh, it, it's a little unclear as to how much he's using that as a motivator. Um, you know, clearly uh, they have to remember what occurred two years ago, which was which was devastating, frankly, you know, to, to have the lead that they had and to not close that out. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, so far it really seems like there's a good attitude among the American players and, uh, some of the pairings are starting to emerge, and, and uh, you know, it's uh, kind of looking forward to getting it going. The Ryder Cup 
captain's job has become really an art form, very complex in recent years. I think it was back 10 years ago at Oakland Hills that Hal Sutton had one vice captain who didn't even feel he should be inside the ropes. Uh, I watched Tom Watson's press conference this morning. Clearly, Tom's a serious, intellectual guy. No one questions his leadership and ability to motivate Team USA as a eight-time major champion, four-time Ryder Cupper, and member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. Second time as Ryder Cup captain, he's talked about the intensity of the Ryder Cup and said he felt more pressure playing in the Ryder Cup than any major championship and more pressure being a captain than playing in the Ryder Cup. I thought those were pretty telling remarks. What are your impressions of Tom and his impact on the team? Yeah, there's no doubt. That's, uh, he's, I, I think he's, he's, he's been good in that regard. I mean, he, he, he has all that knowledge, that history. Um, he, he appreciates this so much. Uh, and I think he imparts that on the players. Uh, a lot of the players talk about the, 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 the pressure of the Ryder Cup being more so than a major. Uh, it's, uh, it, and it really is incredible to think that. You know? uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with it's, it's intense from the, from the first tee shot. Uh, it, it's, like a, it's like the back nine of a major every, every hole. And uh, you know, they so badly want to play well. Uh, for their teammates, for themselves, obviously. Um, and, you know, in, in a major, unless it's a, a top, top player, if a guy isn't doing that well, he kind of isn't noticed. But everybody's exposed at the Ryder Cup. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting, too, that Watson said that it was more pressure than a major. That's a guy who won a lot of majors and also lost some early in his career. Uh, you know, he... Uh, he struggled in them in, in the early days before he before he broke through. So it's uh, it is it's intense, and the way they have the first tee set up here is, is off the charts. So it's, uh, it's going to be amazing when when the thing gets started and the players walk out from this tunnel onto the tee, you know, to an amphitheater filled with probably seven eight thousand fans who are screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah, it looks about three times the size at Medina, and Medina was quite a compressed area around the first tee. So it really is going to be something else. And when you have, uh, you know, just thousands of people screaming and, you know, following a handful of matches, the excitement is unlike any other golf tournament. It's, it's just a, it's a totally different experience going to the Ryder Cup. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it, as you know, it's... Um, it's not quite the understated golf crowd, you know, that, uh, that, that, that cheers the really good shots and is quiet the rest of the time. And, you know, it, it, there's wild cheering for good and bad, depending on which side you're on. And, and uh, it's neat. I, I, I love the Ryder Cup. I think it's really cool how it's evolved. And, and uh, you know, uh, I know there's some angst over the fact that the U.S. team has struggled. But, but if you look at the bigger picture, it's win or lose the event has really helped the game and uh you know uh, i i think the americans don't have a whole lot to be ashamed of i mean the last two Ryder cups you're talking about the slimmest of margins one point you know it's not like one point in a baseball game you know one point means any match that had turned from a win to a tie or a tie to a loss 
it, 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 the outcome would have been either a, a, a tie or, or, or a U.S. win. I mean, that's how close it is. And uh, it's incredible to think just uh, how many things had to happen in that last Ryder Cup for it not to go the, the, the Americans' way. No doubt about it. Um, you know, forging a team or a band of brothers for one week with 12 players that are driven as individuals the rest of the year uh, provides for a lot of fodder and prognostications. We all turn into sideline psychologists, it seems, in the leading days up to the matches. Uh, Paul McKinley, in contrast to Tom Watson, a little bit a different resume, kind of, uh, you know, came into golf after having a knee injury because I think his dream was to be a, a professional footballer over in Ireland. He's the first Irish golfer to captain the Ryder Cup team. He's had four victories on the European Tour but probably most famous for the putt he hold on the 18th hole in the 2002 Ryder Cup at the Belfry to beat Jim Furyk. He's been on uh, three winning Ryder Cup teams as well as vice-captain two. So he knows mm-hmm. how to win, and um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the contrast in these two captains. What, what is your impression? Right. Paul is, um, is much more understated, and, and like you said, he doesn't have near the resume of uh, of a Tom Watson, he's, he's really you know really a, a journeyman pro, and uh, but he's the Ryder Cup and he's been big in the Ryder Cup. He's a big European Tour supporter, and that's what they like to see. That's what they want over here. And I get the sense that he doesn't want to upset the apple cart too much. He knows the formula has has, has been very successful in Europe. Uh, they've they've played very very well, and, and why change it? You know, why would you go away from that? Uh, uh, and that's sort of the you know the the mindset that he seemingly brings to this. He's talked about following a template for winning, and that his vice five vice captains are key to that strategy. Are you getting a picture of kind of the unique battle plans each of these captains are going to be using as we're getting closer to tee off on Friday? hard to know what he means by that template you know it's not like paul azinger's uh pod system or you know uh davis love clearly had a plan two years ago where he was going to sort of keep guys together and keep them in a specific order even that that, that followed through to the to the singles um but uh you know I, my guess is that you know, he, he is going to lean on the veterans, the guys who have gotten it done in the past, and, and this is McGinley. And, uh, you know, obviously he's got the number one player in the world in, in Rory. Um, he's got a couple of really good po- partner possibilities for him. Uh, you want to let him shine. And, uh, and, and then, you know, work in some of the new guys intermittently. Uh, lean, lean on the veterans, a guy like Lee Westwood who's been in a bunch of these and, and, uh, uh, you know, you've got these guys who have played well for a long time now, like Justin Rose, Martin Keimer's won a major, uh, Sergio. You know, those are your horses. And, uh, uh, and, and kind of let them, let them shine. Well, as it's been mentioned, Team USA has been considered the underdogs. Uh, they've been playing that up a bit, or at least Watson has, for a number of reasons. But on paper, this matchup is much closer than people might have thought. What have you seen in the practice rounds? How are the rookies looking? And how do you think the U.S. players are coming together as a team? Yeah, I think uh, a, a possible surprise 
um, is is uh, a, a Jim Furyk, Patrick Reed pairing. Um, now things can change, obviously, and maybe they're just trying to throw us a curveball. But you know, some practice rounds to this point, you kind of have see see some things emerge. I mean, Keegan are clearly going to play together. So there's sort of web and bubble. So that that that's a given. And, and and I would be stunned if they weren't playing both both sessions on on Friday. Uh, but the other ones are you know a little less hard, you know less less obvious. And uh, now there was some talk about uh, Ricky thing with Patrick Reed, who's who's really kind of a wild card in this whole thing. He's never played in a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup. He's very much considered a loner. He's had success. He's he's got the the you know the sort of the, the cocky attitude, but who were who you going to put with him? And it looks like it might be Furyk. And if you think about it, uh, it it's actually not a, not a bad way to look at it at this point. You, you put him with a veteran who's been through this, who could kind of hold his hand. Um, they might make for a really good alternate shot team uh, because uh, Furyk obviously is never out of play. And Pat Greed's an incredible ball striker. Uh, so... Um, that's one of, it's interesting that, that, that we'll wait to see. I don't expect Fury to play all the matches, so they, they might not be hitting it uh, first thing Friday morning, but that, that's one. And, and uh, you know, Keegan was talking today about how good Phil looks. You know, and Phil came off of kind of a dreadful playoff. You know, he really was, was running on empty in the FedEx Cup, and uh, you, you just wondered a little bit about his game. But Keegan said, look, you know, he clearly was working on his game at home putting nicely, he's hitting it very well, he's really, really fired up to do this. And, uh, you know, it'd be a heck of a story if Phil, if Phil were the guy this time and, and had a great Ryder Cup. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make part. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the Fairways of I-4. In the house, Howie G, along with Rich B. On the eve, almost eve, of the Ryder Cup matches, Rich B. Hey, Friday morning, what time? Good news. Uh, 2.30 a.m., uh, Friday morning, so uh, don't even bother going to bed Thursday night, Holly. Uh, you'll be watching golf uh, first thing. Hey, good news. Ryder Cup, the Junior Ryder Cup. America wins. Yeehaw! Good going, Junior Ryder Cuppers. <laughs> junior Cup. Yeah, Junior Ryder Cup, uh, you know, and they play this thing uh, uh, a couple days before uh, the Ryder Cup is set to play. And, you know, it's a very cool event. Uh, junior golfers uh, from both. Uh, Great Britain and Ireland and the Europe uh, play America. And, you know, hey, and these kids have ended up on the squads. Uh, Jordan Spieth has played in the uh, uh, Junior uh, Ryder Cup and a couple of the other. And actually, Jordan played at Glen Eagles, so he knows this golf course. Yeah, and pretty cool. He loves the match play. So, uh, rookie or not, I think we're going to see, I'm going to think we're going to see a great showing by Jordan Spieth. Let's go back to our uh, taped interview earlier with Bob Herrick from ESPN.com from the Media Center at Glen Eagles in Scotland. We're talking to Bob Herrick from the Media Center over at Glen Eagles in Scotland, site of the 2015 Ryder Cup. Bob, you were commenting about the golf course? 
they don't take it to to the traditional storied links of Scotland or any place really. It's, it's really about dollar signs. They, Glen Eagles is a place that that uh, paid for the privilege of hosting the Ryder Cup. Uh, it's it's looking to cash in on the exposure that a Ryder Cup brings a venue. It's banking on the fact that you know people will see this on TV and want to come play it. And I can I can see why they might want to. It's a great great place. It's a really really neat resort. And also you could branch out and go play a ton of great golf in, in Scotland from from Glen Eagles. But uh, you know the the Ryder Cup is really not about the greatness of the golf course. It's more about the competition and 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 you know I've said it before. You you could play the Ryder Cup in a field uh, and just put 18 sticks in the ground and it would be compelling. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be a great golf course like it, like like we expected a major championship. And I don't think um, people quite understand, as you were saying earlier, just the the level of the you know the the impact of the crowd because I think I don't know how many thousands will be on the grounds, but uh, you know this isn't spread out over eighteen holes of a regular tournament. These are you know ten thousand people crowded hole by hole. It was really something. And, you know, the nerves, to see the nerves on, on these players, unexpected things happen. You know, Hunter Mahan's duffing his chip, Fowler pulling the wrong ball out of his pocket, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And then having to make that final putt to win on Sunday. Uh, I can't think of anything more intense than that. One of the interesting things about the last Ryder Cup is how poorly the U.S. fared at the end. Uh, and it's something to watch this week. Uh, there were 13 of the 28 matches at Medina that went to the 18th hole, which means that obviously the match was still in doubt. You could you could turn a, a one-down deficit into a tie. You could turn a tie into a win. Or you could risk losing a match or not losing but tying the match if you didn't win the hole, if you lost the hole. And out of those 13, the U.S. won just one time on the 18th. They won the 18th hole outright once. They tied it seven times, and they lost it five. And just imagine had three of those results been different. If they turn a half into a win, if they turn a loss into a tie, if they don't give up a lead, you know, the Ryder Cup would have been completely different. The U.S. has been poor at finishing, uh, and that is something they really need to change, and that's hard to do on the road. But obviously, if they can do that, they, they really gain momentum. You take the crowd out of it. And you give a boost to your teammates who are still on the course. Well, I know as a reporter, it's hard not to show your true colors, but go Team USA. And what do you think the points are going to be on Sunday? I think it's going to be close. Uh, you know, the, the U.S. is an underdog, but being an underdog hasn't mattered a whole lot in this thing over the years. Uh, many, many times the U.S. were prohibitive favorites and they didn't win. Uh, last two Ryder Cups have been decided by a single point. I think it's going to be a lot closer. In fact, given the nature of the Ryder Cup, I think the U.S. is going to win. I mean, nobody thinks they're going to win, and and that chip on your shoulder can go a long way. Absolutely. And, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I'm right with you, Bob. It's going to be an awesome weekend of golf. Thanks so much, Bob Herrick. Check out his daily coverage on ESPN.com from Glen Eagles in Scotland. We appreciate you being with the Golf Insiders. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Rich B., you're Captain Watson on Sunday. You're making your list. Checking it twice. Who's your horse? 
And how would you position the players on Sunday? Probably uh, the steadiest golfer out there, believe it or not, you know, uh, with all the, uh, you know, rounds that he's played in these things, I think it's uh, a go-to. Uh, it's either Furyk or Mickelson. Um, you know, Furyk is, is a dead solid pick. But, you know, I mean, he's not been able to close the deal. But uh, Mickelson, you know, these guys, uh, you know, have years of uh, competition. Plus, they've been playing against these guys, you know, the, the, the European guys forever. And they know each other's games pretty well. So, uh, you know, who's the horse? Hey, man, it's one mano a mano on Sunday. Absolutely. And it it's just nothing better in golf than watching the final matches on Sunday and let's hope it's close we got to take a quick break stay with us we've got more Ryder Cup talk coming up next you listen to the Golf Insiders we'll be right back well I don't want to take all the credit for their talent but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf then I had to teach them to sing and then I taught them to play various instruments none of which they do very well We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with Rich B. Here's some interesting Ryder Cup statistics, Rich. 250,000 fans expected to attend Ryder Cup week from 96 different countries. 18,000 burgers expected to be consumed at Glen Eagles. Along with 15,000 bottles of water, 15,000 cups of tea, coffee, 10,000 portions of fish and chips. Not bad. That's a lot of food going down over there. That's every six hours. Probably. And you forgot the beer. You know they'll be drinking some beer. beer. I don't see the beer in the stats here. All right, so since we're doing uh, senseless uh, trivia here, now uh, how does Polo get the contract? Tell me. Tom Watson. Ah, there you Long-time go. Long-time user of Polo products. I'm liking the uniforms, aren't you? They're, they're Polo looking good. Polo has a very nice uh, fashion sense, and so don't I. I've been accused. You, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you got to laugh at you that. Got the, you got the European <laughs> plaid on today. I think you got the wrong team. Uh, and uh, your next uh, you, uh, yeah, uh, Ryder Cup in the United States is at Hazeltine, 2016. So if you feel like vacationing, in September. In Minnesota. <laughs> bring your long underwear. <laughs> there's your opportunity. Well, yeah. I, I think it's uh, it's pretty cold over in Scotland. Well, cold by Florida standards. I think it's going to be a high of around 60. The guys seem to be pretty bundled up over there with several layers uh, on today. But uh, it looks like the weather's going to hold. And we're going to go to Jeff Shane from PGAtour.com to get his thoughts on what uh, he's He's seen the last couple of days as they're getting prepared over at Glen Eagles. Hey, Jeff. How are you? And uh, I think the the uh, next Ryder Cup, the big thing might not be the cold, but those mosquitoes in Minnesota can lift a golf ball and take it away. Yeah, they're pretty big. <laughs> I, just, big. I just can't see vacationing in Minnesota for some reason. It just doesn't uh, sound like a great uh, time. Well, they were able to populate the state enough to uh, get, uh, you know, all four major sports and major championships. Well, Jeff, you've covered a lot of Ryder Cups. I know you were also at Medina. Uh, just 
Give us your thoughts on how you see the U.S. team coming together here. As we know, it's a you know a handful of individuals that are super elite athletes, and then you got to corral them to play in this team environment. But um, you know, the Euro seemed to loosen up and kick back a little bit more. What What do you think? Well, I, I think you're right about that. The The interesting thing is, over the years, it seems like when the pressure of the Ryder Cup is ratcheted up, the Europeans somehow embrace it and make it work for them. And when the Americans have the Ryder Cup pressure ratcheted up on them, uh, they get tight. They try too hard, almost, to win this thing. And we all know that you can't play golf very well when you're tight, and critical mistakes always wind up being made. I, I tell you, I'm going to be really interested to see what the pairings look like. The more, I, the more I'm around the Ryder Cup year after year after year, uh, I've become more intrigued with the art of the pairings. In fact, I wrote a story for uh, the New York Times on it this week and, and how you, you think you try to make science out of it, but it's a real art and it changes on the fly. And sometimes the best pairings are the ones that come out of nowhere. A lot of that stuff is uh, the luck of the draw, by the way, on Sunday in the singles matches. Now, uh, if I have to watch Golf Channel rerun the uh, 2012 meltdown in Medina one more time, I will poke my own eyes out. And uh, Well, for those who it, 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 don't know, it is a blind draw. So, Well, you know, one team puts up theirs and the other guy goes. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, now I, what I was getting at is, uh, you know, why does Bubba Watson and Webb Simpson work? Or why does uh, Phil Mickelson and Keegan Bradley work? Those type of things. Uh, uh, Billy Casper told me a great story of uh, it actually involved Tom Watson. The year that Casper uh, was captain in 79, Tom Watson went home. He went home to attend to the birth of his first child. And so they had to redo the pairings, and it was supposed to be Tom Watson and Lanny Watkins together as a pair. And uh, for some reason, Billy Casper was hit with this inspiration, try Larry Nelson. So they went out and they played a practice round. They shot 59 in the practice round, and then they went out and they won all four of their team matches, and then Larry Nelson beat Seve Ballesteros in singles, the only guy to go 5-0 and in Ryder Cup play. There's two guys right there that have very good uh, Ryder Cup records, Billy Casper and Lanny, the Bulldog Watson. I mean, uh, he's a great guy to watch uh, in in match play events. Yeah, well, the question mark right now, it seems to be Patrick Reed. Um, Does it look like they're going to pair him up with Jim Furyk? That's what it's starting to look like, and uh, in a large way it makes sense because – uh, you know, Furyk is not going to be the leader of this team. That belongs to Phil Mickelson. And, uh, but I think Jim Furyk can make a very good kind of quote-unquote assistant coach and be one of those guys that can bring a youngster through. I, I thought his pairing last time out with Brant Snedeker actually went fairly well. Uh, they lost uh, a close match in the start. They won a, a match that went to the 18th in the afternoon on Friday, and I thought it, it, it worked well. And if, if Furyk can somehow keep uh, Patrick Reed from playing too cocky, taking too many risks, uh, I think it has the potential to be a very good pairing. And what do you think the potential is on Sunday? Where are we going to stand in the points, and how do you see this thing finishing out? 
Well, the, the, the other interesting thing is how is Paul McGinley going to make his pairings because he's got four of the top six in the world rankings. Do you make a super duo out of two of those guys, or do you spread them out? You have the potential, if you're Europe, to have a top six player in every one of your paired matches Friday and Saturday, and you can just ride those guys hard and mix and match the other eight guys as you need to. And I think that's a great weapon to have. Uh, we all know that uh, that the Ryder Cup often uh, plays a lot closer than favorites and underdogs, and I think we'll get some good results out of uh, perhaps a Patrick Reed or a Keegan Bradley. Uh, it's going to be one of those Ryder Cups on knife's edge, but I do think in the end somebody from Europe is going to sink that winning putt. Woo, Rich B. I'm going with uh, Jeff on that. Jeff, you know, I, if, if we were in England, I would bet the house on the Euros. I think that they're a tough team, and they do better. Uh, they play this uh, team game a little bit better uh, overall. And who do you think is going to be the horse on Sunday? Come and come if it comes down to a, a point or two, Jeff. We just got well, a minute left. <laughs> Obviously, you look at Ian Poulter. Uh, and uh, he, he actually plays better when he's a wild card pick than when he makes a team on his own, and he's a wild card pick this time. So you look at you look at Ian Poulter. Uh, I'm actually very impressed with with a couple of their rookies in Donaldson and Gallagher. Both guys played well late to make their way onto the team, and uh, they could be the X factor in the end. Well, I'm going with Team USA. I think it's going to be close, maybe a point, point and a half. But I think uh, Tom Watson is going to pull this one off, and uh, we'll be we'll be toasting some champagne next week on the Golf Insiders. That would be fun, absolutely. And Poulter will not putt as well as he did last uh, Ryder Cup. All right, well, have a great weekend of golf. Go USA, Golf Insiders. We're out of here.